Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. Uh, my name is Marco. I'm the, the pastor here at Starhouse McAllen. And this morning, I'm joined by Eric Reyna and Elsie Ruiz. Hello. And uh, hi. Yeah, say hi, guys. And so this morning, we're going to be talking yet again about discipleship, specifically in the context of something that doesn't get talked about a lot in the church, or I think something that is assumed often in the church. And so we're going to talk about discipleship in the context of friendship. And so before we dive into that, how are y'all doing this morning? Doing pretty good. I got some warm <sighs> tea because it's cold in this office. That's what I like about this office. You you like, well, you got a little bit more meat on your bones than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's not It's not untrue. It's so, not untrue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What about you, LC? You, LC? Doing better, slowly but surely. You're on your second it's cup of coffee, okay, third cup of coffee. coffee. Hey, second. girl. Hey. <laughs> Was it go go juice? That life juice. That life juice, yo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on average, Hashtag. if you're honest, how much I'm coffee honest. do you drink a day? Um, probably. It's probably at least two. Oh. I thought you drink way more. Well, no, because the coffee pot I have right now, it's only a five cupper. And <laughs> only. I no share mas. it. <laughs> I share it with others. And gladly. Um, <laughs> Might I my, add. Um, humbly. Humbly. I graciously offer the coffee. <laughs> um, so my mom will have a cup. Um, lately, or these past couple of weeks, my younger brother, he's been in town and okay. working from home. Um, he goes back to Bernie, uh, this weekend. And so he'll have, um, like probably two cups. So okay. I might have to make another batch gotcha. usually for this. Okay. So week. now when we're talking about cups, like a cup is eight ounces. So right. let's just go right. for that. So you would say you're having two cups. Pretty right. Standard. Okay. Um, yes. So 16. I have, yeah. Cause I, um, the mugs I drink from are not like these cups. Right. They're like the bigger ones. Right. Hey, I need that big mug. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the mug I use at home is a 20 ouncer. Okay. So, so I'm drinking like, so you drink from a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically in the shape, in the shape of a mug. And so I drink, that's awesome, dude, I drink enough. I mean, if I'm looking at, if I, because, if I have three of those, right. It doesn't, five, that's seven and a half cups of coffee. Even if I, I were to drink, I think before, probably during college, after college, definitely in grad school, I'd drink like, a, you know, some in the morning and I'd bust out another <laughs> two or three for those, for, you know, for those, uh, those late night study sessions and yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just ran on coffee yeah. a lot of the times. Can but you drink yeah, coffee over, at night? Um, uh, I probably could, but I, I don't, um, cause I, I think my body now just doesn't respond to sure. the coffee sure. and then when it does respond to the coffee, there's no sleep. Yeah. And I, I, I now really need to sleep, discipline myself with sleep <laughs> um, and it, cause it's, it's not good when I, when I don't get sleep guys. Does decaf still have, it still has caffeine, right? Decaf coffee? I thought decaf- that's what it's it's, de- for. it's called decaffeinated. decaffeinated. Right, right. De- but like, I guess without- there's trace amounts of caffeine. 
right? Is that I what don't I'm, know, man. How I don't does drink that decaf. work? I, I haven't. Like... How, do you, how do you remove the caffeine from but the coffee? The thing is, I can drink coffee at night and still go to bed. I think 20 I minutes could. Later. That's I a tra- weird flex, but okay, dude. So, so <laughs> yeah. when you talk about decaffeinated coffee, I'm like, I know no such thing. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's that guy? I think it's What's gonna the... be like a mental thing for me if I I switch to decaf. Right. I'm if gonna you be smell like, it, yeah. Up. It's it's a placebo. It's a placebo effect. Um. Or but maybe yeah. it's just not as strong. I mean, my mom drinks decaffeinated coffee. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. And so yeah, I'll tell my mom, like, do you want some coffee? She's like, no, that's too strong. And so it's not yeah. that she's against coffee. I think no. it's the amount of caffeine the is The amount too of caffeine for, yeah. I could be wrong. So my, no, my mom too, she needs like to have her milk in it, some sugar, but like her. She needs like, a cafecito. She needs she a cafecito. Need, she yeah. Need, she doesn't need un café. No. She needs a cafecito. And Which I think so, is, a, is, I think that needs to be like a cultural distinction here in the valley yes. un cafe is like that's black, black coffee that's black coffee. Cafecito, you got some yeah. cream and sugar in there mm-hmm. yeah because i also like have a combination routine of like i need certain teas also <laughs> yeah, so dude, like, variety. Definitely have, yeah variety is the spice of life we we, so, we got and all we the got water. herbal teas herbal we got teas. uh black teas green teas that i have tea. i have Earl one Grey tea is nice. i have one tea and then everything else is coffee the only tea I drink is by uh, the Republic of Tea. Oh, that's a good brand. Yeah, oh, that's it's a great very brand. good brand. Yes, and uh, it's Earl Grey because Ooh, it preach. has the most caffeine. In it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so back to caffeine. Uh, all types of decaf coffee contain caffeine. On average, an eight ounce cup of decaf coffee contains up to seven milligrams of caffeine, whereas a regular cup of nice. coffee has like provides seventy to one hundred and forty mil- milligrams. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. So there's no escaping caffeine, there's, basically. Well, there should never be. Well, if you drink herbal tea, there's no caffeine in there. How, how Christian is it to drink coffee? Uh, it depends on like... Coffee in the word. Coffee mm. in the word. Whoa. <laughs> I made a I joke with my friend via, via text message yesterday. He's like, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been reading and praying more. I was like, oh, good. Look at you, Christian of the month. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I even had coffee while I was doing it. Coffee. All you need it's is like a all you need detail. is a plaid shirt and a and a beard. Wait, wait, wait! Did, but did he Instagram it though? Oh With no! The he, hashtag hashtag coffee and Colossians. He's so Christian. He's off of Instagram. Oh, damn! Oh my god! Yeah. Holy! Whatever. He's not <laughs> off of Instagram. He's just not posting. <laughs> There's a difference. The app is still there. In the, <laughs> <laughs> the app is. He just offloaded the app. Yeah. <laughs> classic classic christians so um well that's cool so okay so this morning we're going to be talking about discipleship in the context of friendship Mm -hmm. and i wanted us to go back and forth and chew on this because i think friendship is something that is either greatly assumed in the church or not talked about enough in the church mm-hmm. in order to make a distinction. Um, and, uh, and then within all of that, right? Like that's a giant, giant thing. And we're going to try to tackle this in the next 30 minutes. And the other thing with, within friendship is, I guess, um, fi- figuring out like, what is the distinction between friendship and discipleship? Right. Um, huh. And there might not be one. Yeah, but but if there if there is, I think sometimes we we tend to blur those lines. Blurred lines. Yeah, we blur those lines because we're uh, like 
I'm telling you not to do this as your discipler, but as your friend, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> like, maybe there shouldn't be a distinction, and we could talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so, uh, you as know what I'm saying? Discipler. Yeah, as your discipler. Such as, a funny term, man. As your Paul. Um, listen, Timothy. Your listen, to, listen, Timothy. <laughs> Titus, I told you. <laughs> told you once. And so, um, so anyway, so so I think it, we need to make some 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 distinctions. We need to have some conversations surrounding what um, what friendship is um, within within the church. I think mm-hmm. one of the other things that um, we need to consider is certainly the importance of friendship. Like, I don't want, just want to talk about the assumptions and, and, uh, even some of the, I guess, um, the misunderstandings of friendships. I also want mm-hmm. to talk about like how, how important friendship is, right? Statistically, um, in a study that came out, oh, a couple of years ago and really throughout the course of from the 1970s all the way up to the early 2000s there has been a study that has been produced on not only the happiness of americans but how many americans would say that they have a close friend and uh most americans would say that they have about uh one or two friends that's not like close friend, best friend, just if I were to ask you how many friends you have, most Americans would say that they have an average of, of two friends that is down from, from the 1980s where most Americans would say that they had at least three friends. What? Yeah. And so if you think about that, uh, if you, if you, if you think about that statistic in the context of for instance, social media, the average person on Facebook has 155 friends. Out of those 155 friends, maybe one of them is an actual friend. That's that's pretty brute. So friendship is, again, it's a real thing, right? It's, it's something that's important. Man, we were created for relationship and friendship. We're created for community. We're relational creatures by God's design as image bearers. And so... I feel a little bit uncomfortable with that information now, dude. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Let yeah. yourself be convicted. Yeah. Right? And so, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's conviction or I'm just like, the- oh, dude, like that's that's hardcore. That is. Yeah. It, it really no, is. No, it is. Like and what's true is very different in my mind. Like yeah. I'm, mm. I don't pay attention to that. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm here. Yeah. So thanks. I'm here to give you that picture. Jesus. Truth. So, yeah. And so last week we talked about discipleship. And discipleship, uh, we defined it as meeting people where they are and taking them where Jesus wants them to be. So uh, we're, we're going to come back to that definition or to the working of that definition in a bit. Let's talk a little bit about maybe, oh, the assumption of friendship in the context of the local yeah, church. Yeah, what do you mean of that? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> um, Assuming that everybody's like getting along? Yeah, I or think, like that everybody has somebody they can talk to about things when they go I, home. I think it's a variety of this. I okay. think I think it's um, it's assuming that everybody's getting along. Okay. Assuming that everybody has somebody to talk to, or assuming that because you and I hang out, you are therefore declared my best friend. And if Ooh. you and if you don't share that same sentiment with me, already best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just met you, man. Yeah, and already, and if I you don't shame, share that same like. Um, 
title for title, me. that that yeah. feeling, that mutual feeling for me. That status. There's yeah, there's a there's a there's a problem. Oh, mm, hey. you know. So, yeah, because I, I, so I say this because again, I don't think friendship. If some of these statistics are true, and Christians are not immune to these. Mm-hmm. However, Christians ought to be the most connected. <clears throat> um. If some of these are statistics are true and Christians are not immune to them and we can agree that friendship isn't really talked about a lot in the context of the church, but it is assumed in the context of the church because we're on a group chat, because yeah. we serve on the same ministry team, because we go to the same church, go to the same church. Right, like what are what are some mostly the, believe the same thing? Right, we mostly believe the same thing. What are, what are the dangers of that, and and then how does discipleship play a role in that? Dang, what do you think, Elsie? Um, <laughs> you go, Elsie. <laughs> a big danger is um, self gratification. Like, what do you mean? Um. Like whatever, like the, those assumptions you have because um, you need to fuel your own needs. Kind of like you're looking out for yourself. Okay. What sense. can I get? What out can of I this? get? So okay. I have X amount of people in this church. Like I have, <laughs> there are X amount of people in this church, right? And so they're all my friends. I I need to know that they are, or mm, that they're. I need to feel safe. Yeah, with people around like, me. That's an example. Hmm. Um. Or I I need to yeah I need to feel secure in that knowing that there's these certain people in my MC or you know just what have you mm-hmm. like it's it's the need you're pointing yourself to your need and trying to feel secure um, trying to not be lonely mm-hmm. and um, so yeah the danger there is like you're you're um You're in not relying yourself. yeah right. oh. not relying on christ to be your sustenance your sustainer like it's like I, idolize, idolizing the security this might that be going into the other you. topic yeah. later but um yeah it, it can lead to that or like that certain person they are the only they are like set apart from these other people. So I'm only going to them or I'm just going right. to, Oh, this person looks more holy. Let me go yes. be their friend. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I'm going to filter everyone out and only yeah. single one. You know, it yeah. can get really what I think. Scary. Yeah. I think <laughs> if, if, if you are looking at friendship through the lens of what I get mm-hmm. from you, then yeah, certainly it's, it's, I think it's, it's selfish but it is also you you run the great risk of idolizing friendships mm-hmm. right which is and i think that's where a lot of things get skewed within friendships within within the church right mm-hmm. because when we th- th- i think that's the key in this phrase right when we fail one another when we mm-hmm. sin against one another Yes, there's going to be devastation because, man, we're friends and that hurt. And I don't want to dismiss that. But sometimes it goes to the level where um, there is such a great amount of grief and devastation Mm -hmm. almost because that relationship or that friendship was held to a standard that was above above Christ. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't even realize that it's there until... That relationships fractured. 
Right. Well, you oh, would. Well, that too. That that's the hope that you would realize that. Yeah. Some, oh, some, yeah. Some people. Uh, some people don't. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. uh, they have no other friends to like speak into that. Right. Exactly. Oh man, it's such yeah. a vicious cycle. It, it is. is. Yeah. And so rather than actually, it is doing <laughs> business with that. Right. Whether mm-hmm. it's like internalizing it for the purpose of repentance and mm-hmm. reconciliation, what we tend to do is we move on to the next person who is going to satisfy or hope that we, that they are going to satisfy this need that we or have. Or they'll be dissatisfied with the church. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, then another thing is like you, if you're, if you're not the one to like cling to all the people, then the flip side is you're going to put up all the walls and not go to anybody. Isolate yourself. Yeah. Isolate yourself. Yeah. That's um, what I'm thinking is. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it kind of swings both ways of, yeah. of that. I know mini plug the book you recommended yeah. friendish yeah side note it's by kelly needham um reclaiming real friendship in a culture of confusion yeah i highly recommend that it like and that gave like literally a lot of clarity mm. on what i've i've walked through and how you all have walked with me on a lot of things yeah but just like i was just like that it was kind mind of like blowing. mind blowing light bulbs, all the light bulbs. Yeah. Like just yeah, because yes, yeah, like Jesus, our saving friend, our saving grace, our saving relationship, and yeah, kind of like identifying yeah. what friendship is and isn't, mm-hmm. and then what the examples that the Bible gives us of like, hey, this is actually what this relationship yeah. demonstrates, and yeah. how we can follow in, yeah. you know, suit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, so. So let's talk about that. Like, I think it's important for us, not just here, right? But I think it's important for us to have some sort of a healthy working definition for what friendship is. Otherwise, That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, otherwise, I think we run the risk of similar to the tagline from that book. We run the risk of confusing what friendship mm-hmm. is, and we tend to run off of. I think we tend to run off of a lot of unspoken expectations um, within that friendship slash relationship. So from the book or even from your own thoughts, um, how would you guys summarize or define, hey, this is what a healthy biblical friendship is? I shouldn't have such a hard time with this question, but I am. The first thing I think I think about I think about (laughs) C.S. Lewis, Uh and uh, one of the things he writes is making a friend or being a friend is when you find someone and you exclaim, "You do that too." (laughs) Do we just become best friends? Pretty much. Awesome. Yeah. And so that's how C.S. Lewis would define would define friendship. You want to do karate in the garage? Definition. Right. Right? But but so I think I think our silence speaks to maybe like the the unhealthiness of uh-huh. mm-hmm. of friendship right and yeah. so one of the books i brought is uh this is gentle and lowly the heart of christ for sinners and sufferers by dane ortland and you should go out and buy it if you're listening to this you need to read this it is it is a phenomenal book on the heart of christ i know it's a tagline but the heart of christ um not and and so what Dane is doing is is really writing about, um, I, I can't escape that phrase. He's writing about the heart of Christ um, in a way that 
isn't so theologically dense that we're just going to grow into more knowledge of Jesus, but we're going to learn more about Jesus's love for sinners <laughs> and, and how that, because of his character and nature, how that fuels him to love us. So anyway, with that being said, this is kind of a long excerpt and this is on friendship. And so I just want us to go back and forth. And so um, I'm going to skip a couple of lines to try to make it as short as possible. But uh, I hope to, to, to pull some heartstrings here. He, this is where he writes. This is on the chapter called A Tender Friend. And so this is what he writes. There are some people in our lives whose name we know, but they're really on the periphery of our affections. Others are closer to the middle, but perhaps not intimate friends. Continuing to move toward the center, some of us are blessed to have a particularly close friend or two, someone who really knows us and gets us, someone for whom it is simply a mutual delight to be in each other's company. Even walking through this brief thought experiment ignites pockets of mental pain. Hmm. Some of us are forced to acknowledge that we do not have one true friend, Someone we can go to with any problem, knowing we would not be turned away. Who in our lives do we feel safe with, really safe with, safe enough to open up about everything? Here is the promise of the gospel and the message of the whole Bible. In Jesus Christ, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. This is a companion whose embrace of us does not strengthen or weaken depending on how clean or unclean, how attractive or how revolting, how faithful or fickle we presently are. And so I love that line where he talks about the, the promise of the gospel. In Christ, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's yeah. I like that definition of a friend. That's 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 prettier than than what I initially had thought. I mean I, I like that like I have I have a couple of those friends. Like one of them being my wife. I, I didn't realize how much I had been sharing with her mm-hmm. these past like X amount of months. But realizing like, whoa, I haven't told anybody that that was mm-hmm. kinda cool. Uh and she's like, Okay. Like there was there was no comment for or against what I had said. Mm-hmm. It was like she received it and she like, <laughs> it was like as, as I shared a gift with her and instead of like saying like, oh, like thanks for the gift, like with an ugly attitude or like being um, inappropriately excited mm-hmm. for me sharing those things. Sure. She was just like, you, you've shared these things with me and there was like this, I don't know. I think we're sharing that friendship mm-hmm. that it's, we've never really experienced before mm-hmm. in other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize that that's what that was. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's marriage. Cool. This is a thing. But obviously like you're going to be friends with the person you, sure. you committed to. Sure. And I, I, I don't know. That's cool. I like that definition so much. Yeah. I think, I think one of the reasons I love that definition of, of the promise of the gospel, right. in in, in Christ is, is because, um it it squashes some of if not all of the self gratification 
yeah. that that you were kind of talking about earlier, LC, right? Where like, man, I I want to pursue friendships so that I can get something out of this, yeah, or so that I can be someone for someone that I think they need, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in an unhealthy way. And I think, um, I think what this definition does is not only squashes that, but it also invites us into the heart of Christ for us where man there there is nothing about us that that he's going to reject right uh in that moment it's his presence that's going to fill us it's his grace that's going to sustain us it's his it's the holy spirit that's going to transform us and so so how i relate that to to i think everyday real life kind of thing is um like the last part right it's 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 about let me grab that that book one more time. And so it's the last part where he says, uh, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. And I wonder if when it comes to real, genuine, biblical friendship, I wonder if, I wonder how seriously we take presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you somebody's on their phones flipping through Instagram while they're hanging out with you. Right. It's like, are you here, man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's 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 huge. Or even like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the self gratification. Like, what is it that I can get from this friendship? What is it that I can get from this individual? Like, there is no sense of presence in that motivation. There's only a sense of consumerism, or a spirit of consumerism. But I'm never really present with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being fully there, experiencing. Like that, that, that's an intimacy, man. I yeah. think people yeah. shy away from that intimacy yeah. on purpose because of like past traumas, like yeah. broken yeah. friendships that they might have experienced. I was thinking of like I would paintball with these these I would call them friends in high school, and uh, we'd paintball together. You know, like those kinds of fun things. Play online mm-hmm. Xbox together, and then I go and said something stupid in school. And uh, they, like, slashed my tires, like, keyed my car. Like, these people I considered friends, like, just dim and dirty. And I'm like, okay, well, I think a friend would be like, hey, like, that was just a lapse in judgment, you know? Yeah. And I tried being a friend, but not really understanding, like, it's a a mutual relationship, Eric. It is. And it was just, I had a really unhealthy perspective of friendship. Um, And sometimes I still do, but I think then it was really... uh, different because it was an unhealthy need that I, I felt like I had to have like that self gratification. I needed to feel safe right. with more people around me. Yeah. I think when you, when you think about this definition about a, a friend who would uh, enjoy rather than refuse our, our presence, right? Yeah. I think what, what skews that in our own, in our own friendships and relationships is something that we were talking about last week is that I want to fix yeah. something about you mm-hmm. or I want to have an answer for you rather than simply um enjoying the presence that i'm getting to share with you mm-hmm. right and and like we talked last week like that doesn't mean we're always going to have the answers or, or that we even should have the answers mm-hmm. for what's for what's going on whether it's a season of suffering or just simply like every day going back and forth hey man this is what's going on or just enjoying one another yeah is, you know that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I th- there's this the cynic inside of me that says if you want others to enjoy you, like you have to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know like how nice it is for me to say that, but it's sometimes like it's like you have to be f- nice to your friends. Yeah, is is my thought. 
Yeah. I think of like all the times I've annoyed Abby at home. Right. It's like, yeah, I've been pretty annoying. That wasn't very friendly of me. No wonder she doesn't want to like completely cuddle with me on the couch. Like there's, there's something I've done yeah. to like bother her. Yeah. yeah. But like friends, it's, it's reciprocal. You can't like expect and take and take and take. And I think that's my, that's my natural inclination too. It's like self gratification. Yeah. So when you said that, yeah. Elsie, I was just like, dang it. <laughs> calling me out oh like you're, hey. you're putting a name to Holy what Spirit. yeah there you're putting a name to what i've experienced in friendship mm-hmm. yeah same here there's like um we run the risk of not you know clarifying or not being assertive enough to define the things right, right. like and not see what the foundation is right and for that that friendship not see what the function is um and then ergo what kind of fruit is that going to produce like right i I love that this author kelly she kind of laid that out in one of the um chapters um and and so a lot of the biblical examples they each had um their function or their foundation the function their fruit Mm. um and i think one of the the biggest ones was with Jonathan and David and and finding that their foundation, um, was actually in like both of each of them had a deep love for God Mm. and fulfilling God's purpose. Yeah. And in each of their lives, it was different. Right. And then going to, um, the function of the relationship, like it was like a very politically based mm-hmm. because they were sworn enemies right. and they, they could have not been friends right? and yet they became friends. Yeah. And then the fruit of that was like, it, it led to them being separated. Mm. And so what we think, like if I really, really want a friend and, um, I'm going to need them through all my life, they're going to be there. Right. Like, present physically present Mm -hmm. and we see as life continues like they're not right and when i read that i was like oh snap a lot of my like close friends like they're not here or like some are and some aren't that i built such trusting relationships with um there was a a great there was a certain amount of time that trust was built and by the grace of god like there were great intentional interactions and experiences shared, but it was so that I had such support 10 years later, 15 Mm. years later when walking through different trials and vice versa, that that connection wasn't severed. Right. But because trust was built early on in a healthy way, in a godly way, like that the fruit of that is like, a year continuing to right. experience God's grace because of, you know, that's way back really when. good. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah. So it was foundation. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, function, function, and then fruit. And then fruit. So that's really, Dude, really yeah. insightful. And so for, for, so for friends, the question is, what is your foundation? Mm-hmm. And I think that's basically one of the things that we've been kind of talking about. We've mm-hmm. been talking about like your foundation can be your own self-satisfaction, mm-hmm. right? Outside of, man the the promise of the gospel at the end right because at the end of the day like we're just going to fail one another we're going to sin against one another and our foundation isn't necessarily resting upon one another our foundation is resting upon the promise of christ in the gospel yeah so foundation is huge the second one was function Mm -hmm. and so man i love that 
And so, man, because of our foundation, yeah, we're going to respond differently, but how we mm-hmm. interact with one another. The function. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to, it's going to, I think that's the personality part. Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, depending on what kind of friends you have, there's, it's going to, the depth is going to be different. Yeah. So say like you have non-Christian friends, that, that's going to only go so far. And so the function you have is that you're going to represent Jesus always right like mm-hmm. you're on you're mm-hmm. on call but you're not like bible bashing all the time you right. all interact really but you're <laughs> you're ready to and this i'm preaching to myself i was like <laughs> you gotta be ready for you know those yeah. when the conversations come up or yeah. when you you know put that discerning you know foot down you know yeah. like yeah. say no for whatever things um and and the fruit of that well like you might not see them saved but that might you might be like one of the seeds seeds later on if they you know they turn to christ later yeah um so yeah it's that's really really good it, it reminds applies me of, in different ways yeah it reminds me of an example of uh of rebecca my wife um she was telling me about a client of hers that travels a lot um because of uh, several academic opportunities that she's been given and She's lived in different parts of Texas, Colorado, the East Coast. She uh, is moving to Canada for a season. And one of the things that she was telling Rebecca the other day was, no matter how many times I move and where I move to, I always think about when I'm coming back here for my hair appointment. And so Rebecca was asking why, and she says, because you're the only person that that's listened to me and lets me wow. talk. Yeah. And so, and so, well, so function of that, like kind of like what Elsie was saying, like my wife as a Christian, um, this, this individual, I don't think they, they, they know Jesus, but my wife hasn't, um, uh, withheld the gospel. Yeah. Right. She hasn't withheld. Her, mm-hmm. So, so, but still, even in, in this, in this 12 year friendship, this individual still doesn't know Jesus. Mm. However, the fruit of it, it seems like, is that this individual is like, he, she looks forward to coming back to, coming back, to yeah. interacting with Rebecca oh, so because good. she's going to, she's going to find some sort of comfort, truth and, and, and time spent with her. And so I think that's that, cool. Yeah. That's right. Really and good. so, and so going back to the foundation, like again, Rebecca has not withheld. She has not, she has not preached a different message. She has preached Christ and him crucified. The function of their relationship, like what you were talking to, Elsie, uh, is limited, but she is fully present with her as she sits in her chair. Mm-hmm. And the fruit of that has been a trust that this individual has for Rebecca mm-hmm. compared to other individuals that, you know, she might be surrounded by. Yeah, it's that um, that common ground, that common grace. I think I heard another, another podcast talking about this too. Like there's, um, that mutual respect we can have. I can listen to you. I, you can listen to me. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when that's recognized and that's like established, dude, oh, you have so much I mean, freedom in that. There's yeah. Yep. And, and there's that weight off of, of you to fix things or like have the yeah. order of, yeah structure and, and you know, what, or, or you know what have you i also think about like jesus and the 12 right like so um where the foundation was at i think about the function primarily here and mm-hmm. the function going uh going into like the depth of those friendships and so he was with the 12 regularly daily they traveled together ate together hung out together 
they went on mission together. Jesus formally taught them. Jesus informally taught them. However, um, with three of them, the depth of their friendship mm-hmm. went a different, a, a further distance. Yeah, they saw him than, transfigured. Yeah, than the other nine. Mm-hmm. Right, and so that what I love about that is that that goes to show similar to what we're talking about, right? Foundation, function, and fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he went a uh, a deeper distance with three. Mm-hmm. Um, in their function, and it produced a fruit in them. Like these were the they, these these three who became apostles were considered like the pillars of of the early church. Now that didn't dismiss the other nine. That doesn't right. mean that yeah, they weren't yeah. important, right? They they served as apostles, you know. Um, but when you think about like Paul's um letter to the Galatians, like he talks about Peter and James, I mm-hmm. think, or is it James and John, where he's like, man, I was commissioned by them. Like these were the, yeah. the, the higher. Uh, so, yeah. so it just mm-hmm. shows like the, the depth of uh, the fruit t- that was produced. Yeah. The them. depth of the relationship Jesus has with them and the fruit that was certainly produced. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fruit looked different, right. From mm-hmm. all the apostles compared to, compared to these other ones. Anyway, I might be kind of just rambling, but is I think, there, is there the one, the beloved, like yeah, that even, was John. even closer yeah, than closer, yeah. you see. Yeah. You see in his gospel, it's just it sounds so different than the others. Yeah, like there's there's the the fruit of that relationship there. Yeah, mm-hmm. in his words yeah. about Jesus. I mean, you, you you look at that even with um, he considered himself like their spiritual father, right? Paul and Timothy and Titus, mm-hmm. right? But you know, there was certainly a friendship that was there. Like Paul yeah. missed his friends. Yeah, we're, he, we're walking through Second Timothy yeah. right now, and that's one of the things that Paul tells Timothy. But when you look at Paul's letter to Titus. Titus is that guy who's like, I just want to go. I just want to go. Let's bust down the doors. And Paul's like, cool, man. You need to know a couple of things. I love you like a son. And you need to know a couple of things. But with Timothy, he like slows it down. He called him Michal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I hear Michal in his voice too. Yeah. 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 And so there's this. So again, uh, foundation was Christ and him crucified, right? Mm -hmm. The function of their friendship was certainly planting churches and all this stuff. But you see the depth of the friendship between Paul and Titus versus Paul and Timothy. And the fruit of that is um, Timothy was the last one Paul wrote to. Mm. And, and, and oh, wow. yeah. And so Paul was like, Hey man, when, when, uh, whenever you get a chance, come see me. I want to see you. Mm-hmm. Like in chapter one, he says, I remember your tears. Mm-hmm. Um, because he says that because out of, out of every, everybody who either abandoned Paul or was sent to go do something else, Timothy was grieved and moved because he didn't want to see Paul go. And so they mm. have this like deeper friendship. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they have this. Uh, they have this There's deeper friendship <laughs> in in, uh, in in that in, in, in yeah. the context of what we see in Second Timothy. Yeah. Yeah, man. You wow. know, I mean, I think about I think about our friendship. Yeah, I've, that's I've, that's all I've been thinking about, yeah, dude. Because I I've kn- so friends. I've known Eric <laughs> since. How old are you now? I'm thirty one. So I've known you since you were like 15, 15, 15, 15 15 years old. (laughs) Margo and I go back almost 16 years. Yeah. This is true. I was an an apprentice lifeguard at 15 years old and I was learning how to to teach little niños how to swim. Well, yeah. 15 years was. Yeah. I was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When did I come to know Jesus? I had 21. This is like 21. We were non-believers together. We were, <laughs> and that that's good, but yeah, yeah, but like that, that yeah, I think right. I'm realizing this friendship. It it's transcending like not just like beliefs, but like there was um, 
the foundation when we were non-believers is like work. Yes. And just saving people's lives or making sure they don't drown, right? <laughs> making sure nobody got in trouble at the pool. Um, but then that, that foundation, like that, that's a pretty good foundation, I would say. It's not, not godly, but it's good. Um, and then it turns into a godly, like Christ-centered foundation. And that kind of like made it stronger. Mm-hmm. Not kind of, I know it did. And then the function through you teaching me as like somebody new to the faith and then the the function changing again yeah. into somebody who's like leading alongside you like who's yeah. following your yeah. lead at the same time like that function is just so different and we've been talking about like the fruit that's been produced in our friendship and i'm just like yeah marco's like the, he's one of those guys in the middle <laughs> of, <laughs> of that ex- thought experiment and it's like whoa dang like i'm realizing I I knew I know your friendship's a blessing, but I wasn't paying attention to how much of a blessing it was, mm-hmm. because I don't like to think about like the the bad friendships I've had before. Mm-hmm. It's like you, we want to ignore those oh, things. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, Abby sometimes jokes like I have suppressed memories. Rep- was, is it <laughs> yeah. repressed or suppressed? Um, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I have some of those, and she jokes suppressed. like maybe you're just you forgetful you're forgetful eric i was like maybe i'm like forgetful on purpose anyways yeah that to say like there there's there's pain there's trauma in past friendships and if we don't acknowledge what that is we almost miss the greatness of the fruit that's in front of us when we do have friendships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it, it, it goes hand in hand oh, that's too. really good like you can't have sunshine without rain Right. I mean, you can, but you you appreciate the sunshine I was about to more. Say, I, was like, <laughs> I saw that last week, actually. <laughs> There's a fifty cent song. <laughs> okay, so okay. Speaking of that, um, and and I know I know we want to keep these fairly short. Um, so speaking on that, we'll, we'll we'll close with this, or almost close with this. How do you re- so the takeaway that man we hope listeners kind of walk away with is foundation. Function and fruit, which is really great off of that book, French, yeah. friendish, right? Friendish. And so you could you could plug it in one more time <laughs> in a bit. And so when it comes to, to to foundation, function, and fruit, how do I want y'all to speak into this? How do you reconcile that when there is trauma from from previous friendships, when there is hurt and sin and 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 brokenness, and perhaps you haven't reconciled how how do you uh yeah for lack of a better word how do you reconcile foundation function and fruit with previous friendships that are that are broken that the i think think of the last podcast about suffering it's like really meeting people where they're at it's like we love because god first loved us and i think there's that that friend who comes up to you like in elementary at the playground it's like hey my name is so and so Let's be friends. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of takes that person to like step outside themselves mm-hmm. and like pursue a friendship with that person or with another. And I think as um as a disciple who's who's recognizing these things, a follower of Christ, like making those friendships is part of like our walk with Jesus. Like Jesus right. intentionally sought out these fishermen mm. who were probably hard to get along with. But like he sought them out and he thought like, they're going to be my friends. Right. Like I'm not just going to do ministry with them. They're going to be my friends. Right. And I think um, like that's where you, st- where one can start. Mm-hmm. And I think um, 
And that's from the perspective of somebody who's probably recognized their trauma, their their sufferings, and wants to love somebody who's currently suffering. Mm. Like, obviously, without an agenda. Like, you don't know mm-hmm. what you don't know about a person. But, like, pursuing that and not shying away from it, too, is probably a good thing. Right. It's like when you see the ugliness, like, you you don't leave it there. Like, you, you help the person clean up the mess. Right. At, at least that's what I think a, a friend would do. It's like, you, you don't want that many friends around you. It's like, I see in Proverbs, like, somebody who has too many friends, like, right. that can lead to ruin. But I, I don't know, like, how do you make a friend or how do you embrace that suffering? I, I think that's what I hear is, like, embracing the suffering mm-hmm. and recognizing that it is suffering. It is pain yeah. because of sin. Yeah. Um, and knowing, like, Jesus has covered that sin. Jesus died for that pain. Mm-hmm. Like, he became that sin. And put that to death. Right. That's that's no longer be no longer in front of us, be behind us, and we can look forward to like that hope in friendship. Right. In relationship. That's good. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I I use this word twice, but but I think it's the answer, right? I think I think when uh, when we're looking at foundation, function, and fruit, and then we're looking at trauma, pain, and sin, and it's like, man, how do how do you bridge these? I think the bridge is an understanding of reconciliation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right but i think i think within reconciliation we need to know a couple of things right number one reconciliation is that is where we come together to address what has happened what is going on to um extend forgiveness to one another extend mercy and grace to one another and realizing this this friendship either might be over or it just may not be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and on top of that, reconciliation is it is a it starts off as a two-way street. Yeah. Like in other words, both have both parties have to come to that table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. I, and if that's so, good. You know, and so if I am confessing my sin in person. <laughs> in person, not over text or Facebook Messenger. Oh man. Or yeah. And so, Instagram. Well, yeah, did I tell you about this time the the one an ex girlfriend tried breaking up with me via text message? No, <laughs> you did not. Okay. <laughs> and so you're no longer his friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that? No. And so, but yeah. So so the idea yeah. is that both parties come to the table to address what's going on, mm-hmm. and and the the idea is that there is still going to be fruit, Lord willing produced out of that mm-hmm. it might mean so going back to function it's going to look different mm-hmm. our friendship might look different our interaction might look different um and there is nothing between us because we have forgiven one another in christ because we have first been forgiven of yeah, much exactly you know what i mean so it's almost like reconciliation helps us work through things like backwards like we're getting yeah. back to the foundation yes and understanding it may look different and the fruit of this is that we walk away blameless Mm-hmm. That's a big one. I think That's a lot huge. of people see that as a failure rather than a, a success. Right. It's like that bridge wasn't burnt. Like we've repaired this bridge. We don't have to continue walking on this bridge, but right. it's repaired and we can walk away. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a healthy way of seeing certain relationships, seeing friendships. Yeah. And I think I see too many Christians um, dismiss reconciliation because they lack understanding of what reconciliation is. Like reconciliation, either this this better lead to the way it was, 
or how could I ever trust this person again? I'm like, whoa, like you're you're jumping so many steps. Yeah. And you haven't even gone to the table. There's a lot. Right. You know, and, it, and not being ashamed to request that, you know, maybe professional help mm-hmm. to help understand reconciliation for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's a big and one. Yeah. Because of your experiences, because of the trauma, unfortunately, that we've gone through, you sure. know, that for some instances weren't our fault or, you know, what have you. And so that definitely I think is an important step for anyone and everyone to take. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to, because you're going to just, you're going to have guns up. Yeah. We talked about this. We talked about this. this. It's going to be, it's going to be a, 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 um, a Mexican standoff. (laughs) Mexican standoff. If if you don't like, think about it. If you don't, especially in a room where, where there is trauma, right. Mm -hmm. In the room where there is trauma, if, no one approaches the table to reconcile, right? Um, you're going to walk into those relationships or other friendships with guns always drawn. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's a song by and John then, Mark McMillan about this. Yes. And then what does discipleship look like when you don't address the things? Right, exactly. Like you're discipling yeah. others to fuel, you know. Yeah. They're hurt or, you know. Yeah. And I, th- well, I think that goes Jesus. back to everything we talked. Like that's that presence. There's that availability. Uh-huh. And I, but again, I think oftentimes we're just trying to see what we're going to get out of this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the, the takeaway that, man, I hope, I hope people are encouraged by is number one, we would define friendship as, as what, what Dane Ortland was just talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the promise of the gospel is that in Christ, um, he enjoys rather than refuses our presence. And so what that looks like for us is that ought to draw us near to him, um, mm-hmm. uh, for comfort in repentance in, in, in for the purpose and pursuit of joy. And what that looks like for us practically is understanding well, when it comes to friendship, there ought to be, we have to be standing on the foundation mm-hmm. of Christ and him crucified function. Friendships are just going to look different. That's okay. And fruit, What's the fruit that God is producing as a result of that? Mm-hmm. The opposite of that is when there is sin, when we experience trauma in friendships or loss in friendships, we need to have a firm understanding in light of our foundation on what reconciliation is. And we need to remember that that was Jesus's primary mission was to reconcile God to man. Mm. And so reconciliation is an outworking of that gospel promise. Preach. Living it out. Living it out. So the hands and feet. <laughs> the hands and feet. So I hope I hope listeners walk away encouraged. I'm walking away encouraged. They're I'm, real. I'm walking, great. I'm walking away convicted. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that that punch and hug? Is that punch and hug? So yeah, we will uh, we will see you guys next week. We love you. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.